And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Buffalo Beat, the first episode of the free agent period in 2022. And boy, oh boy, are we kicking it off with a doozy. The Buffalo Bills have went out and signed, or agreed to terms, because it technically hasn't been signed yet uh, as of time of this taping, pass rusher extraordinaire future Hall of Famer Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million contract. Don't let the years and the numbers really uh, hit you too hard, but the, the point is... The Bills have their star pass rusher for the 2022 season, a season in which that they believe they could probably do it all, um, which is why they made a move like this one. What's going on? My name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, uh, it, like he was throughout the entire uh, post-game regular season race that we were in, uh, is Matt Beauvais. He's a sports director at Channel 7, WKBW in Buffalo. And why be Young Beauvais? Our entire world just got flipped upside down this evening. It was, uh, I'm just going to keep this open-ended. It was kind of a cluster, Yeah, <laughs> if I'm honest. It was. Uh, no longer Young Beauvais, because I think the last two hours have taken five years off of my life with how much <laughs> we've been running around. I mean, this is right. arguably the biggest free agent signing in the history of the Buffalo Bills. I don't even think it's a hard argument. It's probably the biggest free agent signing in the franchise's history, and it's so different. Well, I might, I might want to argue just because Mario was crazy so, too, so, but go on. So here's my point to that, and we're going to talk about all of these different things. <laughs> When they signed Mario Williams, it was such a long time coming. I know you said you were on the radio nonstop, and it was just three days in a row of, is he in town? Is he going to dinner? What's going on? When are they going to do it? This just happened. Like, there weren't really any leaks that it might happen. It was just the Buffalo Bills are signing Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million deal. And I think back to the Von Miller, or excuse me, I think back to the Mario Williams signing, they're different. Mario Williams was all about essentially getting the Bills to become a playoff team and making them relevant for free agents to come visit. This is the Bills think that they have the best team in the NFL and they are going all in to win a Super Bowl. And they looked at their roster and they're like, we've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We've got Stefan Diggs. We've got Tredavious White. We've got Deion Dawkins. We've got all of these absolute studs, but we're missing a pass rusher. So you know what? We're going to go out and we're going to get the best pass rusher and we're going to put him on this roster. So it's just a crazy, crazy, I can't believe it happened. I'm still a little bit in shock. 
Um, you were going to pick up a burrito. I was going to get some chicken souvlaki. <laughs> I get a call from the station, and they were like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm just driving down Delaware, about to go pick up some dinner. They're like, turn around right now. Von Miller is signing with the Bills. What? What are you talking about? So I, you know, I never got my chicken souvlaki, Joe, but I think Bills fans oh, are probably okay with that. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Bove. <laughs> um, the so free agency is nuts because basically I work from home um, because the athletic doesn't have like brick and mortar offices in Buffalo, so I work from home and you know I've been basically at my battle station every minute, every second for the last three or four days. And so today I'm like, you know what? We, you know, I've been at this for like 72 hours now. Um, you know, I, 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 I told my wife, I'm like, look, let, let me go, let me go get some, uh, get, let me go get some pickup for us real quick. I'll order it. I'll be back in 20 minutes. No sweat. Literally three minutes into my car ride on the way to picking it up, Von Miller breaks. And I'm like, all I saw was Ian's tweet that said Von Miller to the Bills, which came across on my on my watch. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> all the time. But that's that's how it happens. Like you can be on alert for 71 and a half out of 72 hours. And ready for battle, and then all of a sudden the battle hits you right when you you least expect it. So uh, this move, you know, it took me by surprise more than anything based on how the Bills were acting and talking at the end of the season and at the NFL scouting combine. They were not uh, sounding like a team that was ready to make a big swing, like... Brandon Bean himself, like two days removed, said, let me get the exact quote um, because I have it here at some point. Um, we'll, we'll still have to make some moves, but I wouldn't see us being like big spenders or anything like that. But we'll look to fill some spots and from the outside as well as retain some of our guys. Uh, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that was the case this time around because you know going through and and signing a guy like Von Miller is obviously buzzworthy and the implications of it are crazy. Uh, I think more than anything, what stood out to me, and by the way, we'll we'll go through some of the other signings, but the the Von Miller one is top of mind for everybody. What stood out most to me is that the Bills probably felt like this year was kind of, kind of an extension of that rookie window, uh, rookie contract window for them with Josh Allen. Now, it's not quite as good because Allen's cap hit isn't like, you know, six, seven million dollars like it like it used to be. But it's still around the 17 million dollar mark, which is a far cry from what it's going to balloon to in 2023. So if they were going to have a big swing for a guy that maybe they couldn't get in any other year. It was going to be this year because of the way that their cap cap is working. I mean, think about all the things that are going to increase next year. Josh Allen's cap hit obviously is is the biggest among them. And I mean, his his cap hit goes from exactly 16 million 
16.3 million this year to 39.7 million next year. And then you've got the Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver fifth year option coming up in 2023. Then if they want to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds, that's going to cost them. Then they've got other rising costs uh, for some of their other long-term contracts where they, they're kind of, uh, they backload them so that way they can get some cap savings immediately. Now, the, the counter to this is that the cap is going to go up and that's a way to kind of balance all of this. But they're still not going to be able to afford everyone quite like they're they're able to do it in 2022. So by going out and getting a guy like Von Miller, it obviously gives them what they think is the missing piece of the puzzle. That locked in pass rusher. And I'm, I'll am i be curious to go back and, and watch all of this film from this past year and maybe, um, you know, counter that with what it looked like four or five years ago to see if he's still the same guy. I mean, he's going to be 33 in a week and a half. Um, odds are father time means he he isn't totally the same guy, but he's still someone that is averaging 11 sacks per season. And he has that ability to finish those plays, which is something they have lacked for a while now. And he's going to be on the field making... Everybody else along the defensive line better because all of the attention is going to be on him. And when he gets those one-on-one opportunities, odds are he's going to take advantage of them. But he's going to help Ed Oliver. He's going to help Tim Settle. He's going to help Greg Rousseau. Going to help Boogie Basham, Daquan Jones. All of these different elements that they have along their defensive line now, he's going to help all of that. So, like I said, I'm surprised. I'm just kind of talking through it right now because my <laughs> mind's still is still a little bit uh, mush because of the I, you know I don't know if I've breathed for the last three hours because of <laughs> <laughs> this all kind of came down at once. But those are the things that kind of stand out to me more than anything about this this signing right from the offset. Joe, it's six o'clock in the sports segment here at Channel Seven. I get three minutes to talk about whatever's going on in sports. And I spent 25 seconds tonight at six o'clock talking about Ryan Bates getting tendered as a restricted free agent. And 15 minutes later, they signed Von Miller to a six-year deal. I absolutely think, like you mentioned, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I think this is an indication that Brandon Bean knows that he has a team that's capable of winning it all, and he's trying to do it in the window that they have. And that's basically as Josh Allen's in his prime. And this is the last year of the absolute best part of the window because Josh Allen doesn't have the cap hit that's $40 million or $43 million or however it continuously goes up. Josh Allen is still relatively affordable. You can make this work for these next couple of years. And once we find out more about the details of the Von Miller contract, then we can start to figure out, okay, how are they going to make it work down the line? But we know they're going to be able to make it work right now. And this really does kind of put a feather in the cap of the Bills as they get ready for this new season. And I know that this is probably just me thinking this. There's, you know, not just me thinking this. A lot of people are thinking this. I know it really doesn't matter yet, but... Ten minutes after they signed Von Miller, I'm thinking, okay, well, the Bills are starting the season against the Rams in L.A. in the first game of the year. It just makes way too much sense. So, okay, that's what we'll be doing in early September. And I think from that point on, I mean, you need pass rushers with all of these unbelievable quarterbacks in the AFC. 
and it's been the one thing the Bills have been missing. I still think that Greg Rousseau has some solid potential. I think Boogie Basham is going to be somebody who can contribute. But now you have the guy. And, by the way, you have Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, Mm -hmm. before this, was the Bills' best pass rusher. And with the defensive tackles who they've added the last couple days, you were like, wow, okay, maybe Ed Oliver can take even the next step as he gets ready to sign his contract and gets this fifth-year extension. Now you put that guy next to Von Miller? Like, if you're an opposing team, how are you supposed to contain both of them? It's just... On paper, they have a scary good unit, but it's not just on paper because they had a really good unit prior to Von Miller. This just puts them over the top. So I think they have one of the elite defenses in the NFL now. Oh, yeah, they also maybe have the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to like manage year to year, uh, maintaining a, a defense like the one that the Bills had last year like a lot of a lot of times it can come down to who your opponents are in a given season uh bounces going your way it's it's not as easy to predict success predict success for a defense um year over year than it is say an offense because that's a lot more predictable based on who your quarterback is like if if you have a a locked in top five quarterback odds are your offense is going to be pretty good every single year but the defense it's it's very unpredictable in that way but by doing this it's giving them another way to win defensively and last year they had a specific formula for winning And it wasn't a bad thing by any means because it got them to a pretty great spot. And they probably should have been at least hosting the AFC Championship game. But it was a very defined formula to where, you know, the the pass rush wouldn't get home, but sometimes they would would impact the pass. Um, And then it was a lot of depending on the back end to bail them out and the coverage and the linebackers. And we saw, you know, the linebackers uh, down the stretch take some heat because of, of the coverage, because the, the pass rush wasn't getting home as consistently enough. Um, And that, that became an issue down the stretch and especially against some of the, the more prolific passing attacks. I think of the Tampa Bay game, but like the one that they got hot uh, right in that second half, um, th- that one, you know, they really weren't getting too much on Brady. Uh, the second game or, or the second game against the chiefs, obviously in the playoffs, those are the two best passing offenses. They really saw over the second half of the season. And that's why we, uh, we saw some of, some of the struggles in where their secondary started getting picked apart a little bit, a lot more than in some other games, but you know, it's because they didn't have that all around attack. So now they have different ways to win. You know, we saw them fly out to like a huge pass rushing game against the Panthers, but they're not going to be playing the Panthers in their crappy offensive line in the playoffs. Like they they have to go against the best of the best. So now they have the pass rush, both from the interior and from the edge. They have 
the athletic linebackers that can cover that middle ground when they need to. Uh, and especially if you're getting some pressure on the quarterback more than you were last time, then then that helps them. Certainly helps the back end. But if the pass rush doesn't have it, they still have the back end that can bail out the pass rush. So now they have three different ways to to go about it um, with with how to how to win defensively. And they added a couple of of run stuffers in the middle of the, of the defense too, and Tim Settle and Daquan Jones. So the Bills, they are trying. They know it's unpredictable, but they are putting their best foot forward to make it as predictable, predictably successful as possible. And you know, combine that with what they have on offense. You know, that's a that's a that's a scary thing for a lot of people. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I think back to... You know that last play, it's not the last play, but remember how we've talked about on the podcast before how Jerry Hughes was like a fraction of a second away from sacking Patrick Mahomes on the pass yes. to Travis Kelsey that ultimately got them into field goal range. He beat a but he beat a double team on that on that play. And I, it was an instant win. And I think about that. I've thought about that a couple times in the last couple hours. And I am just, and this is not a knock on Jerry Hughes because he beat a double team and it was unbelievable. But I'm thinking to myself, what if there was a guy on the other side of the line who was also doing that? Or what if the, instead of Jerry Hughes, it was Von Miller in that situation? Because over his career, you know, Von Miller has all of the accolades. He's the all time, you know, the current active sack leader in the NFL with 115 and a half sacks. You know, he's got all of this production, but he also has production in big games. And I think that's important to the Bills. And I don't know how you like quantify that or how you make sure that that's something that continues, but I'm sure the Bills look at Von Miller and they're like, look what he did a month ago. He had two sacks in the Super Bowl against the Bengals, and he was the best player on the field when the Broncos won the Super Bowl a couple years ago before that. So I think that's not just as much part of it. It's not like they're just thinking about what he does in big games, but I think that's an added bonus because you know with the team that you have built, you're not thinking about, you know, you know, the week three matchup against the Jets. You're thinking about how can you make sure that your stars show up in the postseason on the biggest stage. And Josh Allen proved to us last year that on the stage, when the, when the lights shine the brightest, he steps up. That's a that's the most important thing because, you know, the team goes as Josh Allen goes. But now they have a guy on defense who they know is also going to step up on those biggest stages in the biggest games. And, you know, maybe this team is just one stop away from winning a Super Bowl. Instead, Von Miller won a Super Bowl, but now he's on the Bills too. So I'm sure they've really liked their chances as they build this. It's just, 
you know, it's another storyline. It's another thing to get people just even that much more hyped up for the season next year. And it's another reason for me to think that they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I, I didn't yeah. think they were the favorite. Like, I didn't think it was fair before this to say, like, oh, I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, and I think you should too. But I think now, you know, I have a real hard time putting any other team ahead of them. Maybe it's the Chiefs. Maybe it's the Bucks again. But my goodness, they are talented from top to bottom of this roster. And even the depth moves they've made these last couple days, I really like. And they have the luxury, because the roster is so complete, of just taking the best player available in the draft with the first pick. Like, that's going to be somebody else who contributes. And who knows what mm -hmm. they do there. So... Yeah, it's uh, if you're a Bills fan, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Bills fan, but you have to be over the moon right now with what this team has done. What I am most interested in, in and I'm going to be diving deep into this over the next couple of days, is what Von Miller at 32 was like. Because we know what Von Miller was at 27. We know what Von Miller was at, at you know early in his career. But what is what is he now? What how did he settle into a new environment with the Rams? These are these are questions that I have that that I'm really looking forward to digging into. Um, as far as the team itself, like the AFC West has been really loud this offseason and they have done a lot of things. The Broncos obviously went out and got Russell Wilson and then they signed another pass rusher in, in Randy Gregory. Uh, the, the Raiders have their pass rushers. The Chargers have spent a bajillion dollars uh, to surround it around Justin Herbert and his rookie deal. Um, and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and, and they're, making, they're making moves to help better themselves too. All that said, like even before this Von Miller move, I could look at the Bills roster and with the starters that they had and say, that team can win the Super Bowl in 2022. I think what this move to sign Von Miller really just quantifies more than anything is that they believe that this year is the year. And, you know, that's, I, I don't want to put like crazy pressure on them, but because it, it is the middle of March and a lot of shit can happen between, <laughs> between now and the start of the season. Yep. But when you have the type of roster that you do and you have this move in your back pocket that you can, that, that you can make. And by the way, Brandon Bean did some things that were from a cap perspective that were not, that were uncharacteristic of how he normally operates. Like, the Micah Hyde restructure yeah. today, uh -huh. it yep. added three void years, and he has never done that before. Like he's had, he's added one void year, uh, like to to some deal. He's put it at the end of deals. He's you know removed a final year of a contract and turned it into a void year. Like Emmanuel Sanders had a void year on a on a one year deal this past year, but he has never restructured a current veteran player to push out the cap hits through three void years uh, at the end of the deal, like he did with Micah High, to save upwards of almost four and a half, five million dollars. Like that was that was the first sign where it's like, 
okay, what are you up to, Brandon? Um, you know, they've they've done some other things, and they can still yeah, yeah, clear some cap space too. But it is their declaration that they think everything is possible this year. They thought it was last year. They fell short. And they probably went through some adversity during the regular season that they weren't expecting to, to get to that 11-6 and record, to where they didn't have home field advantage, even though they probably should have. But now that they have all of these pieces, they've revamped their offensive line too, which Mm -hmm. is now more athletic and more talented than it was a year ago. They have certain offensive principles that I think they're going to implement this season. Like I'm fascinated to see how much two tight end stuff they're going to run. I'm fascinated to see how, how much zone blocking and, and, you know, outside zone runs that they, that they institute into this season. And, and if that's kind of the, the way that they operate moving forward, because Sean McDermott has always been kind of intrigued by it when he hired Rick Dennison to be his offensive coordinator and, you know, bringing Aaron Cromer back. And now there's a new offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey that maybe he can kind of say, Hey, let's, let's do this because he knows how hard it is to defend that, that sort of offense. So all of these different things, the bills feel like this is the year. And to me, it's it's crazy because I don't know that I've ever seen, nor will I ever see, a talented starting lineup in Buffalo like this one. Nor yeah. nor do I nor do I think I'll, I'll see it ever again because they're going to have some turnover next year. But it's uh, it is time. <laughs> the the pressure is officially on like last year it was hey make it to the super bowl and the 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 uh, the year will be considered a success i don't know if people are going to be satisfied with anything other than winning the world title this year i really don't and it's it's been like three hours since the von miller thing happened Uh uh-huh but that's what it does that's the bullseye that it puts on yourself and in a stacked afc with the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Ravens are going to be back. I hate to tell everyone that, but the Ravens are still a really freaking good team, and they're making some some good signings this offseason. Yeah. There's a lot of good teams out there. So now the Bills just have to prove they're the best one, go through this gauntlet of teams, and prove that this incredible starting lineup that they've put together, this talented crew can actually win the whole thing and that is the pressure that they have now put on themselves with a move like this one i'm not gonna say his name because i want to protect his identity with what i'm about to say but we have a producer here at channel seven and joe you obviously know him from your time here who is a massive massive patriots fan he's from the new england area and you know he was the one who was producing the news when the von miller stuff happened so you know we go into breaking news mode and we're like okay we got to get this on tv we got to get this on air well i saw him before we started recording the podcast for the first time since all of this happened and he just looked at me and he was like i am not happy they are so good talking about the bills (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. like i have no idea how the patriots are even going to kind of compete with that team especially now and 
It's funny because the last time those two teams, your biggest rival, your biggest threat, were on the field together, the Bills scored a touchdown every time they had the ball except for when they were kneeling it. And another thing, and there's so many layers to this, but the last time we saw the Bills on the field, you know, everything goes down, the 13 seconds, they lose in overtime, all of that stuff. But you could argue they were playing the second half of the season in the playoffs without their best player on defense with Tredavious White. So now you don't just add Von Miller to this defense. You also get back Tredavious White, who is one of the best players at his position in the NFL. And who knows, maybe you're going to have another cornerback who is better than Levi Wallace was or who's better than Dane Jackson was. And all of a sudden, it looks like you've basically improved everywhere on your defense and you're still bringing back all of those core guys. Losing Levi Wallace, I was a little surprised when I saw you know the, the first reported terms on that of why the Bills didn't match it. Now I think I've got an understanding that they needed the money for some other things that they were working on. Hmm. But yeah, it's just the, the pressure is a good thing. You know, going into this year, the pressure is going to be, it's all going to be about Super Bowl or bust. And that's a good thing, though, because it means that this team is for real. And it also means that they've turned a corner and they've reached that level of going for it all. You know, this is what it has been like to be a Patriots fan during all of Tom Brady's time. It was either you win a Super Bowl or the year was a disappointment. And now that's where the Bills find themselves. It's win a Super Bowl or the year is a disappointment. And I think the next couple moves they make are probably more minor. I think they've got to go out and add a veteran backup quarterback. And I think there's a guy who would really fit the role well. Um, (laughs) We shall see what happens there. And I think that you add another cornerback, whether that's in the draft or whether that's in free agency. And, you know, I'm team fun. I think they should draft a wide receiver in the first round, but that's just me. And, yeah, I mean – uh, if, like I said, Bills fans just have to be ecstatic with how this played out. I did not think we were going to be sitting here talking about this. I thought if we were doing this podcast, we would say, hey, yeah, you know, Settle's got some upside, and Jones looks like he's a pretty good player, and they should help Ed Oliver. And, oh, yeah, you know, bringing Jerry Hughes back on a team-friendly deal makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you, you maybe that's what they planned on. But then Von Miller fell into their lap. I do want to ask you, though, Remember a couple weeks ago after the Combine, there were the reports out there that a couple big-name free agents had reached out to the Bills and said, like, hey, I want to come play for this team. I want to be part of the organization. I wonder now if it was Von Miller because could have been. this just came – like, this was I, – I did not – I don't want to speak for you. I did not expect this at all. You know, we were texting earlier in the day about the Chandler Jones stuff, and I was like, hey, I just never saw how they could make that money work. I didn't think it was realistic. I didn't think Chandler Jones was realistic. I really didn't think Von Miller was realistic, but I give him credit for pulling it off, and I always give Bean credit for going all in because I think that, you know, takes some stones to do that, and they're doing it. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. He had to do uncharacteristic things to, to pull this move off. And we have never seen him do that sort of thing before. But I think the pressure and sensing the moment is what drove him above all else with this one. Now, you know, we've talked a lot about Von Miller. Um, what they also added OJ Howard. They also added Daquan Jones. They also added uh, Tim Settle so far. And they also half added JD McKissick. And then he went back to the Washington commanders, which by the way, fun fact we could have had a lot of fun with J.D. McKissick. You want to know why? Why is that, Joe? His middle name is Dobby. Wow. Mm-hmm. A suck. D-O-B-B-I-E. I don't know if uh, it's uh, he's named after someone or, or something like that, but yeah, his, his, his middle name is Dobby. But as some of uh, our listeners pointed out, J.D. McKissick might have just gotten himself a, a post-game show award yes yes (laughs) that's such a good point so uh i don't think he's gonna replace dree archer but we might have to get a little creative and and work uh janie mckissick into it Um, did you uh go ahead did you see the reggie bush tweet yes i did that was very good that was pretty sad it was pretty cold but it was pretty good i appreciated that that was well done i don't want to get off on a reggie bush tangent here (laughs) but reggie bush Finished the year with negative yards because Rex Ryan was freaking petty as hell. That's the only reason that that happened. I mean, he very easily could have gotten that guy into positive yardage at any point down the stretch of of the season, but he didn't. It's just uh-huh. Rex, Rex being Rex. No, he he he. Piece of work that guy. And <laughs> I still the one thing I maintain is I don't know. You know, thinking back on those two years, I can't believe that was my life for two years. Anyway, so the other the other signings that they made and maybe what's to come. I look at with from a what's to come perspective, I think you pointed out some some good spots. Backup quarterback is one that's obviously going to be addressed at some point. You said maybe draft a corner, maybe sign one. I say both, um, just because they're lacking depth as it is. Uh, even without factoring in the Tredavious White injury. So if you, this is this is the time, this is the year where you capitalize on being like, okay, well, here's the winning window. Hey, did you see we just signed Von Miller? Do you see Josh Allen as the quarterback? Do you see all of these, di- Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White are still there with Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, and you've got a franchise left tackle and a franchise wide receiver and a good running game and uh, or a running game that, that, that came on last year and a good starting center. Hey, why don't you, do you have a ring at 32, 33 years old? Come on over for $2 million. Like the guy that 
that stands out more than anything to me is Joe Hayden from the most recently from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He spent forever with Cleveland, then went to Pittsburgh for a number of years. Has never won a Super Bowl, uh, has never become a Super Bowl champion in his career. So, you know, Joe Hayden is someone that I think is probably not going to have a great market. Why not go for it? Bring bring in some bring in some veteran to uh, to uh, push Dane Jackson. And if Tre'Davious White isn't ready to go, then you have Joe Hayden and and Dane Jackson, and then draft a guy in you know, first, second, third round doesn't matter. You can find a toolsy guy like a like a Kair Elam from from Florida, uh, Tariq Woolen from UTSA. All of these different players that fit the profile of what you're looking for in a cornerback. And then wide receiver too. Like I'm, I'm not as hell bent on a wide receiver in round one as a lot of people are. I think for me, when you look at the depth of the wide receiver position in the draft, really from a few years ago, and it, it doesn't feel like the train is stopping at any point here because so many guys are going are going through youth league football wanting to become receivers and and that's kind of it's become the chic position and it's almost devalued the position so i'm more of the mindset of you know if if there's a guy that's just absolutely you can't believe he's there at 25 at wide receiver then go for it mm-hmm. but like you can get really good players in the second and third round like a, a like a guy like Sky Moore out of Western Michigan who yeah. is probably going to be an awesome slot receiver in at the next level you probably get him in the second round maybe maybe you might have to move up a little bit but like there's guys like that all throughout this draft class so that that's some of the the thoughts that i had on that but uh, out of all the other signings uh yb what uh, what kind of stood out to you uh, of of the other three that that signed in Buffalo? I feel like the settle one was really well received, and everybody smart who follows the game all kind of said the same things about him, and was like, yeah, you know, he's a really good young talent. He was just behind a bunch of better players or more established players in the league. And I'm always a fan of those moves that are kind of low risk with upside. And I think that's what this does for the Bills because I think it gives them somebody who's just another option, who maybe is what they were hoping Vernon Butler would be, or who just is another body who can be next to Ed Oliver and make the you know the combination that much more dynamic. So I'm surprised they weren't able to get Harris. Well, I'm less surprised now that they weren't able to get Harrison Phillips back. I was surprised yesterday to see Harrison Phillips leave, but I do feel like that was a smart move for the team, and I think it could pay off. You know, not as like a, okay, this guy's going to be a superstar in the NFL, but like this guy is a contributing player on a very cost-effective deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the O.J. Howard deal stands out to me of, of the three of them. I mean, Tim Settle. I, for, I forgot about O.J. Howard because yeah. I'm thinking all – that's crazy. Yeah, the O.J. Howard one stands out to me because, you know, their tight end depth was was awful last year. I mean, they in the two games that Dawson Knox had to miss because of his injury, uh, Tommy Sweeney was just not good. Drop drop some passes. He was, I believe, he was the starting tight end in the Jacksonville game, if if memory serves. Um, and we know how Jacksonville went, but it was just another <laughs> another element to their their season where it's like by the end of the year they didn't even make him active anymore. It, 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 they were rolling with Dawson Knox and Tommy Doyle as their <laughs> backup tight end 
who's an offensive tackle. So adding someone, and O.J. Howard's a good blocker. I mean, that That's the one thing that kind of gets lost with him. He's, he's a really good blocker, um, even though he's ath- really athletically gifted, which is why so many people were high on him coming into the league. But injuries have played a huge role in his career and got buried in the on the depth chart in Tampa Bay. This is, as Brandon Bean, a move in free agency, as you'll find. You get a guy, one year, three and a half million. We still don't have the, the details on that. Might even be less than that. Who knows, based on the, uh, uh, based on how these, these contracts come together. But... Super talented, victim of injuries and circumstance um, throughout his time in Tampa Bay. And should anything happen to Dawson Knox, he has every opportunity to be the top tight end in a prolific passing attack. And so that's a lot of motivation for him there. And it gives you the flexibility to play a lot more two tight end stuff, which I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show. So I really like the Howard move. Settle, uh, Settle is a good contract and... I'm looking forward to digging into his film. Still don't have the numbers on Daquan Jones, but uh, sounds like a, a run stuffer. My biggest question, and it also sounds like they're going to be at, bringing back Jordan Phillips, who was just released by the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. My biggest question is, is Star Latulale retiring? Or is Star Latulale getting uh, getting released? They don't save that much money by by releasing him. So I just wonder, because that would give them five defensive tackles, because they'd have Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, and Star Latulale. And I guess they, they wouldn't be unopposed to it, but you don't need that many. Yeah, um, that's a lot. I, I, guess, I guess you could, but the, the that, as soon as the Jordan Phillips stuff started, even, even before that, the Daquan Jones signing, it was like, is Star coming back next year? Just to... Just a thing to ponder. Um, I thought maybe he might have retired last year. He decided to come back uh, after spending a year away um, because of uh, because of COVID. So I don't know. It's just just food for thought. But the, yeah, the OJ Howard one stuck out to me uh, more than anything. So lots to chew on as we go forward in free agency. And we're only the first day of the new league year. Yeah. What, what are we even doing? I mean the thing that's the thing about the Von Miller deal that's so crazy and it's something that you talked about when we were talking earlier it's something you've brought up a couple times on the podcast but now that the Bills really have a stat they were before they were already going to be a contender and people were going to be like yeah I want to go play with Josh Allen but now that they've reached this level of oh my goodness that team is really good like I want to be there there's going to be a couple depth guys who probably come who could have gotten more money elsewhere mm-hmm, but exactly. who are like man I could go win a championship in Buffalo I could be a legend in that city for the rest of my life and I could play on that team whether that's a veteran cornerback who and I'm just like spitballing here but like you said Joe Hayden or maybe it's like Patrick Peterson or, or something along those lines of like yeah I'm getting offered three million dollars to go play for the Lions but the Bills can give me two like I'm gonna take that deal because you know I'd rather go chase a ring and that's ultimately gonna give the Bills even more depth than they have so and another thing that we talked about was when you were talking about the draft and what the Bills could and couldn't do and maybe like a guy like Sky Moore you'd have to move up in the second round with the roster the Bills have right now 
there is no way that all nine guys they draft are making that team. So if that means you need to put some picks together and move up to get players that you really, really like, normally I'm of the belief that, hey, you want as many kicks at the can as you can have and you want to make sure you're using your draft picks and you're not spending silly like that. But if you're like, okay, well, we got to use two or three picks to move up and get this guy, but we know he's going to be an impact player, then do that too. You're already going all in, and that's not going to have a super significant you know, impact on your team down the line. I say go for it. If you're already all in, you can't pull the chips back out. Go all in and just live in that zone. I mean, if you could, if you could do that, you would get a lot of dirty looks from everyone around the table uh, to pull the chips back in. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're 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 not going to do that. All right, um, I think that's going to do it for us because we're still kind of in the paces of of this uh-huh. breaking news cycle. Um, Matt has more work to do on the television side. I have to go back to writing, (laughs) but we wanted to get a podcast out to you all because obviously this is a huge night, a huge moment, especially with the implications for the 2022 season. So Matt Beauvais, uh, any fun words of farewell in this offseason edition? No, but got to keep the bit going. Uh, Thank you to Tyler Stegall, Stegall who tweeted at you and said that he demands Matt Beauvais be included in the podcast tonight. Uh, That was very nice of you to think of me. Um, Adam also tweeted at you that he left a comment. Have you seen this in your replies? I I probably know what it's going to be about. What do you think it's about? I I don't even want to say it. No, it's it's he commented on the Patriots' most recent story in The Athletic and just said, hey, guys, uh, mind if we borrow Mr. Fairburn for a podcast with Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I goes, thought it was something completely different than that, so my bad. <laughs> no, it was basically just like, hey, best of luck with whatever you've got going on in New England, but can we borrow him for like a <laughs> night to do the podcast? So, yeah, some good responses to when you were said you were doing the emergency podcast. But uh, thanks for having me. And, of course. Um, it was a it was a fun one as our heads just continue to spin. Yes, and I kind of anticipate that there'll there'll be some other moves uh, in the next few days here. Though we're you know trying to figure it all out and figure out what this roster is going to look like, but we have a pretty darn good idea at at this point. All right, Matt Bovey, thanks very much, and uh, look forward to do this again sometime. Thanks, buddy. All right, so that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Buffalo Beat. Um, well, you know, I don't know when, when I'm going to record next, but uh, I'm sure the Bills will have uh, give be giving us plenty to talk about moving forward. So for Matt Beauvais, my name is Joe Biscali. If you, ha- if you haven't yet, head over to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat. Get yourself a nice discount on your yearly subscription to The Athletic and uh, be able to read all of the stuff that we have about the Bills and basically every other team and every other sport. Okay, so... For Matt, I'm Joe. Talk to you next time. See ya.